travelers, and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tavat, a Genshin lore podcast. Last week, we discussed the Crimson Witch of Flames, Rosaline. I think we can all agree that we've garnered a new level of understanding for her, even though we still have a few questions around some of her motives and whether or not she's alive. This week, though, we'll be talking about the Yai Publishing House. Additionally, I want to remind travelers to visit TalesToDevot.com to see visual representations of the lore mentioned during today's podcast. Your guides have put them together for you to make things a little easier to understand. On our site, you can also find some awesome goodies, including artist spotlights from the community for each episode, wallpapers for download, and a way to check out some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at TalesToDevotPod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see. But today's topic is the Yai Publishing House. So we first see the Yai Publishing House in Inazuma because that's where it is. And I don't remember hearing about it prior to Inazuma, but that could also be one of those like, you don't really pay attention till you know about it things. Yeah, the only place you would be in leeway, but I feel like the only one person who talks about anything that has to do with Inazuma is the the chick on the harbor. Like she's waiting for a boat or something. They're always waiting for a boat. (laughs) We have, there's something with her too. She's got like a name and a whole story and I have no idea. I've completely made her just the the chick waiting for the boat. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be waiting for her ride. (laughs) I thought at some point... Did Ching Shou talk about his book, yes. The Legend of Sword, and how it was doing in Inazuma? Was that like our first mention of the publishing industry in an Inazuma? I thought so. It did his book get big there during the Sokoko decree was still on, or was it after? It was before, it was before I think. Yeah. Because oh, it was also published okay. in Fontaine. And it gotcha, gotcha. Fontaine and Inazuma like love that shit because it's super sci-fi, because they go up into space. And, and we're like, why does he know about spaceships? <laughs> Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Still a question back from the Xingxiao episode when we have no idea why he knows anything about space and calls it a legend of sword. Why? <laughs> Tip is gonna hate me, but the only thing I can think about right now is that Honkai is the Star Rail because oh Brandon was talking last night about this one god in Star Rail that he oh. thinks like might be the Travelers, <laughs> and they were talking about how like mm-hmm. all these different worlds have like tried to do space exploration and have failed when you. We're talking about it, Brandon. All I could think in my head was, oh my god, did Fontaine try to do a space exploration? Did Conria try to do that? Is that why they were destroyed? I mean, the, the traveler is like someone from that whole mythos. Someone help me. I'm surrounded by Honkai. Yo, I don't play Honkai though. I just like the Star Rail You've stuff. Been pulled over to the dark side. I don't want to hear it, Fiend. Because in Star Rail, they have a toilet Stop that teleports you. Tiff. Tiff wants to be surrounded by hentai, not Honkai. What? And what about the garbage can that you could talk to? And it makes you like question all your life choices. I just want to watch it. I can talk to a cat. <laughs> Tiff is like, I don't need a garbage can to do that for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I do that daily. <laughs> you look into your garbage can every day and you're like, hey, man, yeah, like, how are you? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I digress. I will go back to Xing Shou now, I swear. So <laughs> Xing Shou's book is about space. We all know that. But I personally don't remember Xing Shou mentioning the Yai Publishing House before Inazuma. But again, that could be one of those things where you don't really pay attention to it till you're exposed to it, which we see a lot of in Genshin. Yeah. I, for sure. I, I think we pointed that out a few times too. It even past episodes about just things that you don't pick up on. I mean, even though leeway is a little bit further into the game than you normally, when we say like in Mondstadt, like you're so new still, mm-hmm. but I think there's still, there's a lot of, I mean, everybody's got five names. It's kind of hard to remember which one. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So I guess that bears the question, what exactly is the Yai publishing house for our travelers who might not be sure, maybe haven't gotten to this point? It is the Barnes and Noble of Inazuma. Oh my god. I would even beg to differ. This is the manga reader for anyone who just wants to read. It is light novel central and I love how they kind of take the light novel community and kind of put it into Inazuma because it is so neat. Can I pick up the newest issue of Saga there? Because that's all I care about. <laughs> Same. And monstrous. Oh my God. Yes! 
no, we can't because those are graphic novels. With light novels, it's just very fast paced, lickety split, maybe a hundred, hundred pages that have lots of anime, well, not anime, but manga tropes that you're going to find. So like a trade paperback. A novella. Some of them have drawings, don't they? Yeah, definitely. I think it really just depends on the author or like the publishing house, if you will. Yeah, because we know that like Xingxiu's book has the drawings that Albedo made. We find that out during the Iridori Festival. Yeah, I just don't know if any of the other ones have paintings. Well, Yai actually... Actually, one of the reasons why she makes a big deal about Albedo, well, Calx is his pseudonym there, is she actually wants him to start doing that for other their authors. Mm-hmm. So if they don't do it, she's actually trying to be like, hey, so you did so good. Why don't you do more? And Albedo's like, no. Yeah. I'm just doing this for my friend. Mm-hmm. My new friend, Shen Yu. But I'd like to backtrack for a second. What exactly is a light novel? Because I honestly don't think I've ever read a light novel. It's a short, fast-paced novel it would kind of fall into our novella category oh okay so Mm -hmm. it's very limited in its word count but it's very specific because it's manga adjacent and it has a lot of manga tropes so a lot of things that you're going to see in your mangas and in your anime you're going to find a lot of those tropes or themes or, you know, kind of motifs in these novels as well, but they're not fully illustrated. Okay, interesting. And it's located on Narukami Island. It's closer to like where the Ryan Shogun lives, right? Like that's where the Shogun lives, I guess, up in the shopping center. It's the little shopping area. Yeah, I think it's north of the waypoint that you would go to where all of like you can Catherine and stuff like that. Wait, no, it's south because it's next to the second, the lower restaurant. Yeah, but isn't that still north of the waypoint? I think it depends on which waypoint you're going. Yeah, I think because it's it's south of the stairs. It's north of the waypoint. (laughs) Yeah, it's the north of the waypoint with the stairs. Yeah, but it's below. Yeah, it's just down. Oh, I'm. I don't have a compass right now. <laughs> it's closer to the Smith, like the black. Yes, Smith. it's closer closer to the Smith than Catherine. You can tell I'm directionally challenged. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Directions are one of my strong points, I think, in life. But I could be wrong. But I had no idea. I had to bring it up. Actually, I was like, "Wait, I'm confused." <laughs> Yes, so we have Yay Publishing kind of right at the beginning of the real town of Inazuma City. Yeah, it's where they not only publish their books and do all their dealings of behind the scenes of getting authors and all that kind of stuff. There is also a bookstore there too. And two people that'll sell you books. Ooh, and I'd like to point out too that it's very interesting that the Yai Publishing House is like in direct line of sight of the Narukami Shrine. Yes, <laughs> yes. You could just look to your left a little bit from the shrine and you could see the mm-hmm. <laughs> the publishing house because Yaimiko is actually in charge of that place. She is the owner and editor-in-chief and she is the guji of the shrine maidens up at the Narukumi shrine. Multi-talented. <laughs> And was anyone else surprised to find out that Yaimiko ran the publishing house? Because I was yes. like, this is the same person? <laughs> but I love that. I Like, I love that she has, like, a weird backstory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, I mean, the simple fact that, like, she opened this, <laughs> she started doing this just because she liked reading. You know, she was like, I really like reading all these novels and stuff, and I'm going to open up my own publishing house. And she also says, though, like, one of the reasons why she's still remained a lot in it is because because she likes to see the authors squirm. Oh my god. Oh my god. She's my worst <laughs> enemy, but also I love her. Yes. Oh my god, Al. She would get you so much with your deadlines. Oh my god. I, I'm the worst. If it's not like legal deadlines and I'm like, oh, we need like this CNO like filed at this day and like we got 10 days for anyway. It's like I can't do it. All right, Yan Faye. <laughs> but when I found out Yai Miko ran it, I honestly thought that I had missed something. <laughs> I heard Yai and I just figured, oh, this must be a family thing. I was just going to wonder if these actually did the same thing as you guys, because I just went, oh, it's Yai Miko. <laughs> like, <laughs> I took it at face value and just went with it. Like, I think that I must do that a lot in this entire game, though. So, like, I have to come back to stuff and I learn stuff that I should have already known because I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay, Yai Miko, got it. <laughs> well, I wasn't surprised, but I was a little confused. Like, why is she the head of a publishing house that seems like, you know, I don't want to say beneath her, but beneath her. 
I don't wanna, but I'm good. You wanted that royalty money. It'd be like if the Pope also ran a, a DVD rental store. He probably does. Well, I mean, we know she's over 500 years old. I guess you get bored sitting up at a shrine. That's true. And like, I think Tiff or Bees or one of y'all brought up the fact that Yaimiko could kind of be like cataloging the culture of Inazuma as these centuries go by. Because we know in our own histories and our own culture that the stories we tell changes and also goes back. Like it loves to do a full cyclical cycle. And it's really interesting of like, what were people interested in reading at the time? Like we look at the 1800s and we look at these little very quick horror novels. And then we look to the 60s and we've got like topics about fascism and like very dystopian shit. And then we have this resurgence of fantasy coming back. It's really interesting of the themes that we can see continuously. And it reflects directly to the culture and what's happening in this society at the moment. Yeah, I think that kind of lends to even what Tip just said about it being boring being at a shrine for so many years. Like, now she gets to almost be like the archivalist of Inazuma at the same time. But make it fun. <laughs> and I also think for Yaimiko as, and for travelers who don't know, Yaimiko is kind of the left-hand man for a, and has really helped run things in Inazuma behind the scenes while A has been in the plane of Euthymia and the Shogun has been really just in charge of like brute stuff. Yai's really been integral I think behind the scenes with the Tri-Commission and trying to keep things somewhat peaceful despite it being very crazy over there. But I think for Yaimiko too being able to chronologically put everything in order in books throughout the years has probably been helpful because she probably knew one day that A was going to come out at the plane of Euthymia. Like she probably had those hopes that it'd be easier to show her the novels than to like explain everything to her because during the first storyline with A when we unlock it and we're looking for the Ryan Shogun but we can't find her. So we somehow convince A to come out of the plane of Euthymia. And when we're talking with her, we decide to bring her through town and like show her what Inazuma is like nowadays. And amongst having Dongo milk and all that jazz, we also read some of the like new books to her. And at one point we ask her like, do you like the books? Did you not like the books? What did you think? And she said that to her that they really don't mean anything about liking or like not liking them. What really matters to her is that this is showcasing what the people of Inazuma are currently interested in. And I don't know, I just thought that was interesting that, you know, A is looking at it in this light of, oh, this isn't like a knock against me because the one book was about like the Raiden Shogun being reborn. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Shogun Almighty reborn as Raiden with unlimited power. What a light novel title. And I think in that too, A is like, yeah, this is unrealistic. The Shogun would never wield their sword this much. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and the Shogun would never use their sword with because of emotion. How silly. Yeah, she was like, I would never use my titty sword for frivolous purposes. <laughs> <laughs> The frivolity of the titty sword. <laughs> and we're we're like, well, would your puppet? <laughs> yeah, literally, we're like, would your puppet do Rest it? Rest in peace, Signora. <laughs> no! <laughs> Yamiko also says, I think it's in a, a friendship line, that she also wants to record, just to go back to what Al was saying, she wants to record the gods and like the supernatural because one day they're going to die and nobody's going to know who they are. Which makes me really curious of which books are also back there. Like, is there going to be one on Makoto? Like, I mean, granted, that was before her time. But, you know, I still wonder if that was something she learned from somebody else, like, of reading about. Like, did, what gods did she read about growing oh, up? It's actually really funny that you say that, Tiff, because one of the books is about Makoto. The Treasure Tales of the... Um, please, everyone forgive me for this one. The Treasure Tales of the Choken... Shigauchi. It's a book that you could buy at the Yai Publishing House in Inazuma right now. And it's basically a more realistic telling of Makoto and the Shogun being like the twin gods together. Oh, and that one was once restricted too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I have a connection to B's puppet theory. Oh. <laughs> oh. No. Oh my God. What is this episode? We go into 
to the Honkai. We go into the puppet theory. This is like a tech Tiffany night. I don't like it. <laughs> All of Tiff's worst fears. Confirmed. Seriously, why don't you kick Timmy while we're at it? Not the not the kid, the squirrel. I don't go ahead and kick the kid. Wow. Do as much as you want. <laughs> That's so rude. There's a connection to the puppet theory that I want to make. I want to know. Well, I have to read a little bit of it for y'all to understand. Ooh, read it or would me. you rather me read the whole thing in my beautiful voice? I'm ready. Okay. From the day Narukami Gongen, the first shogun, began her dominion over the land of Inazuma, she was accompanied by her younger twin sister, Shin and Kage, light and dark they were meditating and holding court, ordering and giving battle. The younger of the two was named A, and her name was to be written plainly. It would likely be the word for Shadow, which she was in relation to the first shogun, to whom she became the successor. As most know, only the seven emerged from the wreck and the ruin of war that rolled across the mortal world like a crimson storm. Though the Shadow Shogun was divinely skilled in martial arts and unsurpassed with the blade, she believed herself little more than a warrior-like understanding of mortal hearts. Thus, she chose to give up her bodily form, helping her sister to ascend to the heavenly citadel and obtain dominion over Inazuma. Shortly after, the true shogun, Makoto, set up her shogunate and began to rule over the land. Remembering their bond, she recalled A's divine will, reforged her body, thus returning her sister to her side once more as her kagumasha. Can I hire you to like read podcasts for me? Yes. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> I want I you to, to like transcribe to. podcasts and just read them to me. So like while I fall asleep. <laughs> yes. I will do my best. <laughs> but we all know Makoto at some point did die. And that was in the cataclysm. The cataclysm. But we never knew the aftermath and the destruction that the Archon Wars had in Inazuma. Other than seems at least from this story and how it's written that A made an ultimate sacrifice to help her twin to basically ascend to the Archon role. And when that happened, she felt, I miss my sister. And whether she like resurrected her or put her in a puppet like i kind of i want to look at like the kagamasha as like the word specifically because is that puppet or is that just like as her own general i mean it is general but like generals can be puppets too it's a fascinating tidbit that i think a lot of people don't notice unless you're actively reading these books which yeah as travelers we here at tales of tavat highly highly recommend mm -hmm. yeah no al's right i mean if there's one thing I feel like we couldn't push enough on the podcast, it's read the books, read the artifact, read the weapons. Everything has a story. Even the furniture pieces in your teapot have stories to tell. They do. There's pieces that talk specifically about Yaimiko. We learned how Kaya likes to freak the fuck out of kids with ghosts. Oh, Kaya. There's too much detail in objects that we think are either nonsensical non-important or just like there for set dressing they are but they're also lore intrinsic genshin doesn't fuck around lore intrinsic i like it i don't <laughs> think i said it correctly but <laughs> it's intrinsical to the lore and also understanding funny moments no no you you're fine lore intrinsic yeah <laughs> Well, I honestly think that's a great point, though, Al. And I think that the fact that they said that she, like, redefined her, like, sister's body or whatever the exact words were, it's very sus. It's like, oh, what did you do? I am okay with this theory now because I don't think that it actually means that A is the puppet. Mm. Why? I feel like that proves no. that she's the puppet. No, it doesn't at all. What? Why? It means that maybe her Makoto, maybe she brought back one. You think they had a triplet? <laughs> In Honkai Star Rail. It says twin. Oh my god. Berta has multiple puppets and she speaks through all of them. This is what I hear when you talk about Honkai and puppets. Don't worry, I just killed Timothy in your teapot. <laughs> okay, that's a bit too rude. <laughs> too rude. Anyway. <laughs> oh, she's done it already, so it's okay. 
Timothy is well aware to run when I mean, he look, sees her she coming gets in. murdered by <laughs> sumter beasts, like jumping off cliffs yeah, every day. all the time. So she well i'm not gonna also point out that she causes my tiny little pigs to run off the side of the cliff oh my god (laughs) they see her come and they literally yeet themselves off the side of my i'm not kave the disney princess okay i can't make little creatures like me in this game in real life little creatures love me Cosgrove loves me. He, he just hates me. That's, that's his mom. I'm joking. Cosgrove's my you, dog I for travelers who don't know. You. I know he does. Cosgrove has an attitude problem. That's the oh, issue. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Cosgrove's always like, fuck He's you. adorable. His cute little tongue. Cosgrove is rating us one star. I know Cosgrove definitely rates us as a one star because he has to listen to us record. <laughs> He's over it. He's like, fuck this, mom. <laughs> But anyway, I digress. Animals aside. So we've talked a little bit about where the publishing house is, who manages it, what it does. But we didn't really talk about when it was founded. There's not an exact date, but we are to assume it was founded after the cataclysm, right? More than likely whenever A went into the plane of euthymia. Yes. Actually, A has a line that says back when i decided to isolate myself in the plane of euthymia there was no yai publishing house <laughs> ah there you go <laughs> but we don't know really how much longer it happened which could go back to the yai miko making an archive for her girlfriend vibe could fit in yeah because you would also think that, I mean, like, she was distraught after her sister's death and she had to take over things. It, she had to make a, a fail at making a puppet, make another one. Like, there had to been some time in there for Yai to have, like, grown up, then meet and her be like, I need something else to do. My girlfriend's gone. Mm-hmm. Poor Yai. Yai literally watched her girlfriend be like, I don't fucking care about you. I'm going to go figure shit out in my little bubble in my titty sword. Bye. <laughs> and I can't even trust you to watch over things for me. You can have my gnosis, but that's it. I made this like bitch ass puppet that's going to control the world instead. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by the way, the puppet's not going to listen to anyone. Including and she's going to murder people <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Meta. So we have a really good idea of like what exactly the AI publishing house is, but who are some of the people we know throughout the game that are associated with it? Oh, we got Goru. We got Miss Hina. Oh my God. The Miss Hina storyline had me dying. I thought that like Goru had a sister. The Goro hangout is like one of my favorites of the whole game. Mm-hmm. It is so sweet. So can we explain this for those of us who have not done the Guru hangout because we don't like him? Excuse me. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I mean, because right. some of us are new to doing the hangouts. Uh-huh. We haven't done really any of them. Mm-hmm. But also because we hate we hate Guru. So Guru, besides being second in command in Kokomi's army and being a general in the resistance, he also is Miss Hina, who is an author of an advice column or is it a gossip column it's a no, column an advice column come that's published through the yai publishing house and ito is obsessed with her like to a you know somewhat concerning degree to a horny degree <laughs> yes exactly but goru i don't know why exactly he does it i remember he talked about it in his hangout and i can't remember but i think it's mostly because he had some good advice and he's like i should just share this but goro has no idea that he is messina <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's true he doesn't exactly know he just writes yeah i guess that that's what confuses me so the column that he writes for is in the that's life magazine and Miss mm. Hina is the quote-unquote author of it. And she writes, according to Ido, the most encouraging and heartwarming responses for all of her readers. Ido even claims that he would be a lost soul if not for Miss Hina. <laughs> but Goru, like, that's why I'm confused because he knows that he's, like, answering these questions. But if I remember correctly in his hangout, one of the questions he answers is actually one of a soldier of his. And his answer encourages said soldier to, like, quit the army and go home, basically. (laughs) Uh, Because Goru is the general of the Watasumi army. But I don't really remember how he got involved. And I feel like I couldn't find it anywhere either. Like, he just started answering these things one day and 
doesn't also read the magazine that he's being published in. <laughs> right. I well, Also, he kind of lives like an isolated lifestyle, right? For the most part, he's out in Watasumi Island. So they probably don't get the That's Life magazine delivered out on the <laughs> island. <laughs> It just takes like four years to get over there. Plus you gotta sign up for a subscription. It's like, God. The other thing is that Goluru is like scared shitless of Yaimiko. And she loves it. I love Yai, but she is a bit too handsy with someone's tail. I bet Tignari would die. She just wants him to embrace the tail rubs his dog features yeah she gonna embrace my fist to her face if she ever touched me <laughs> if i had a tail <laughs> yo sino would not be okay with that if she touched tignari's tail i'm just rowing it out there oh my god i hope there's a time when yai is around tignari and can that can happen and oh she'll god. be like "Ooh, a fellow fox what kind of fox are you hmm. mm-hmm. and then sino will step in front and be like a taken fox <laughs> Okay, so Goro is, we should note that he's like a book nerd. And once the tensions died down between Watatsumi and Inazuma, he started going to Inazuma to buy a bunch of books. And that's when Yaimiko was like, aha, <laughs> I gotcha. Be a columnist for me. <laughs> it's, everything's going to be great. You're going to be fine. You're going to, you're going to be a star. <laughs> And he kind of felt like he had no choice. Yeah, he's like terrified of her. <laughs> oh, goodness. I love the fact that he was totally just bamboozled into it. I mean, Goru is like a pushover. Like, not on the battlefield, but like emotionally is a pushover. Yeah. I mean, according to Yaimiko, so this is like a line from a character story. According to Yaimiko, she chose him because she'd heard that he often listened to his subordinates when they chatted about personal matters. So He snooped on his subordinates and then I thought he'd be great for this. <laughs> He's a good leader. He's an Amanda. Oh, stop it. Stop. He cares. I care about many things, including mm-hmm. the fact that Goru doesn't know about Miss Hina. Like, he knows that he's writing an advice column, but he doesn't know that he's, like, in a pseudonym. He's a bit of an airhead. He is for a general, right? Like, I mean, his boyfriend is Ito. So, like, what what are we expecting? Ito is definitely, like, the alpha in that relationship. So that tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. Can I also bring up that I very much hate the Ito guru ship. So we're just I adding into the that list is, of things that's to just throw into these. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> What's funny, too, is that during our hangout, we actually see, like, the cutout. And we, like, prevent Goru from seeing a cutout of Miss Hina. Like, Yai is promoting meet and greets with Miss Hina, but we really don't know how that's happening. (laughs) But I digress. Miss Hina aside, some other people we know who are involved with this publishing house are actually Shingsho and Albedo! Woo! Two of my faves. Shingsho actually, as we mentioned earlier, has a book published that is very popular in Fontaine and in Azuma and is very popular with the Yai Publishing House. But he actually goes by his secret undercover name of Genyu. And in his book, he has a few drawings or paintings. I'm not sure which one. And they are illustrated by someone named Calx. And during the Iridori Festival, Calx and Genyu meet up and we find out that they're Shingsho and Albedo. Plot twist. Your boyfriend. A very happy plot twist. I'm like, my boyfriend showed up. Woo! And also, ironically enough, Calx means chalk. Freaking Albedo, man. He knows. <laughs> And we covered this in our Shing Show episode, by the way. Yes, we definitely will go more in depth in that episode than we will today. And so definitely go check it out. But we find out that, you know, Shing Show's book is very popular in Inazuma and Yai Publishing invites him and Albedo out to Narukami Island for the Iridori Festival, where Shing Show has his whole issue with not being able to sign enough books. <laughs> and they end up making a stamp for him to help him sign the books and everything. And he gets like this cute moment where like Yai Publishing basically hosts a meet and greet with him which i found a little sus because he had a meet and greet and he didn't have like a disguise on or anything well he was also in in azuma and not leeway maybe the borders were closed but no they were actually opened Mm -hmm. yaimiko actually plans it after the borders are open again kind of to embrace multi-region like commerce and stuff like that 
the the readers of Inazuma wouldn't have known him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he kind of just takes the chance that people from Leeway didn't go to the Iridori Festival. True. That would have would have would have taken them some time. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense because Shingsho knows that, like, you know, he's famous in Inazuma and Fontaine, so we might as well go somewhere where he is famous and where there's like less likely people to be there to recognize him, of course. But just to point out too, you know, there were other people invited from Leeway. We don't necessarily know who. So there is like a chance that some people know it was him. I know he came with someone from the Feiyun Commerce Guild too. That he was like trying to like abandon and escape 80 percent mm. of the festival so uh, i do find it interesting that he didn't like get up miss hina get up <laughs> that would have been so awesome in my opinion at least mm-hmm. one of the people who may have been invited then is chang the ninth because he is also a leeway person who has been published to the yai publishing house yes yes and he won their annual contest yes Mm-hmm. This novel is amazing. That's a great name. I mean, you're saying exactly what it is. <laughs> I know. And you know, people read it just, they look at that and they're like, oh, I'm going to read this. I got to know. Yes. Hey, it's amazing. <laughs> And then on top of that, Tiff mentioned earlier that Albedo, who also comes to the Iridori Festival and like gets to finally meet the person he's been doing all the illustrations for, Yai Miko actually wants him to illustrate for some other novels and try to get like drawings in more novels. And Albedo's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to continue selling my paintings and letting the knights make money so that... My paintings can pay off Aunt Alice's, like, you know, mistakes of life. Mistakes of life. (laughs) Is that a dig at Cleve? No! (laughs) No, because Alice, like, also blows things up. Yeah, you know, that that is true. Like mother, like daughter. She go kaboom. Albedo's always like, Cleve might make a mess, but Aunt Alice makes a bigger one. <laughs> oh, God. And just to bring in the connection back to the Yai Publishing Houses, they also sell Alice's Tavat Travel Guide, the Inazuma edition. Yes, and during the Iridori Festival, Klee actually makes a book with Yoimiya that also gets sold by the Yai Publishing House. It's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people have books published with the Yai Publishing House now, which is fun, especially in that little, like, Albedo family system. I I wonder if gold has a book that we don't know of. She just blew them all up. Blew them up now. A guide to destroying the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, probably. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Some of the books, though, that you can buy from the iPublishing publishing house, one of them is fantastic because it's flowers for princess fischl and it's the actual story that our fischl amy is pretending to be yes yeah so if you want to know where fischl has gone all of her craziness this is the story you can get it and you can read it she even brings on her loyal servant jazad isn't that crazy that's a book it's just a fucking book that she read. It's so cute, though. <laughs> but is the book written about her in an alternate universe? <laughs> Prob- oh, no, don't you do it. <laughs> I, I was about to say, yes, that sounds like a good thing. And then I realized where we were headed. <laughs> I stopped it. I stopped oh. the Honkai. I was able to halt the Honkai. <laughs> I'd like to say that Tiff has said Honkai twice now. So. <laughs> None of us ever said it. But, you know... One of the really interesting things, in my opinion, about the Yai Publishing House is that despite Inazuma's borders being closed for so long, Yai Publishing has still remained popular in these other nations. It is well known, and Lady Yai, or Guji Yai, is known across Tavat. When she shows up at one point in Sumeru for that, like, Pokemon Fungi event, they know her. They're like, oh, she's head of Yai Publishing. Like, she's not, like, a new face, which I find very interesting. She's, like, the uh, non-transphobic J.K. Rowling. Oh, my God. I mean, we would hope. But she doesn't write books, right? That's the whole thing Yai only publishes. Yeah, she's never actually written a, a book herself, but she does say to the traveler that if we decide we ever want to like tell our story that maybe that'll change and she'll actually pick up a pen and write she'll only write for us i don't think they're ready for our story you know who else actually is not 
published through the Yai Publishing House? Who? Sumita. Oh my God. It's not finished. It's nowhere near finished. Who is she? <gasps> oh no. Yeah. Oh. For our travelers that don't know or who might be like, what are they talking about? There's an island in Inazuma called Surumi Island. And Surumi Island, aka Foggy Island, as we like to call it, or Mushroom Island, because that's the only place you can get the blue mushrooms you need to level up Toma. In order to unlock the quest that allows you to like go out there officially, you actually have to meet a woman named Sumita. And you find out that Sumita is an aspiring author, I guess, not an actual like published author. But not to say that you can't be an author if you're not published, of course. But she's an aspiring to be published author who wants to go to Surumi Island and write about it, basically. She has one of the great romance stories of the whole game. So Sumita ends up asking us to go out to the Foggy Island to do some writing for her. Or I should say to do research for her writing. And she sends us out with Kama. And like Brandon said, it's definitely one of the greatest romance stories of Genshin Impact. And while we're out there with Kama, we find out that he's actually an ancestor, the people who used to live on Surumi Island. And we won't get too much into the lore of Surumi Island itself, but the people who used to live there are all gone. They have uh, either left to go live on Sarai Island or they are dead. (laughs) <laughs> and the only person who's left on Surumi Island are ghosts, basically, and we take care of that issue. After you go through that whole quest, though, too, with Sumida and, Sumida and Kama, it doesn't end there for them. You actually could run into them over in Liwei Harbor at an antique shop. And once you talk to them, one of the... <laughs> Just interesting little tidbits, because you know I love these little, how they just throw these little things in of little references. She's at the antique shop and she'll tell you how it's such a beautiful and like vase that I'm holding and I, I love it. But then she's like, man... That's not what an author would say. An author would really say more about this vase. And she goes into this very short little story of the fact that it's a vase that has a vision hidden inside of it. (laughs) And um, I got a big old chuckle from it because for those of you who don't remember, Kaya put D. Luke's vision back into a vase and handed it back to him (laughs) as a way to get him to use it again. Um, So it's a nice little connection, you know. Then you, after you speak to the Manly Way Harbor, then you can actually go talk to the Mint Mountstadt in the library and they'll just talk to you a little bit more and then they then you'd never see them again they're gonna be in sumeru they gotta be i hope so because she says like in monstat she says something to the side of like let's meet again at the end which also made me just go oh is it you is sumita the whole thing stop no i can't don't say that shit she's the unknown god yeah she's the unknown god (laughs) let's meet again at the end of things like at the end of flowers for official which is a nice little reference back to official too and she says in monset of course we should have been like you want to meet her (laughs) you want to meet the it's like we got you you want to meet a sword a real life sword but besides the people who are related back to it, the books are also super important. Some of the books are a little more like laissez-faire, not a big deal. They truly are light novels, but then there's some of them just seem to have a little bit more. And I think we talked about that a little bit earlier when we brought up the novel that kind of talks about Makoto and Yai's upbringing into who they are today. But one of those books is actually a big part of our Inkanomiya storyline, The Serpent and Drake of Tokyo Koku. I'm so glad that you said it and I didn't. Because <laughs> that's not what it would have sounded like. Well, I think that's how you say it. Oh, you said it right. No, you're right. But we're in this quest line in Inkanomiya where we're helping the librarian who later becomes Enju fucking bastard. <gasps> don't you speak ill. I know. I love Enju. It's Love true. Enju. <sighs> For the travelers who don't know, Enju is uh, an abyss herald or lecture. Oh, you know, we always say that and I always I always get it wrong. I always say that he's a lector, but that might be too high up for him. But he reports directly to Abyss Twin. And it was really cool because during the two year anniversary for Genshin, one of they had a ton of short animations they played. And one of them showed Ether like traversing through all the things we've done so far in Tavat. And it was being narrated by Andrew. And then at the end, Andrew was talking to Lumine. And I was like, your brother is traveling, my lady. <laughs> what the fuck, my lady? But we know Enju has a really good connection with the Abyss Twin, which is very interesting. But that aside, we are helping this librarian in Inkaromiya, and we find out that we need to give them five or six books. I don't remember how many exactly. And one of the books 
can only be bought at Yai Publishing, which is this Serpent and Drake's book, which was kind of weird to me. But I thought it was really weird that the only way you could get such an important book for a quest line was by buying it. Yeah, they're like, here, spend that Mora. <laughs> but how much was it? 1,500 Mora. Okay, well... That's not that much. That's a lot. Paimon's always acting like we're broke. That's 1,500 <laughs> more than Mona and Zhongli both have combined. <laughs> say maybe we have some of that sweet child money left over. We do if you put, if you did his character quest. Oh, yeah. we Don't we have the ba- like the thing? We have Tuser's allowance. <laughs> Yo, we stole from Tuser? <gasps> he ain't gonna fucking need it. Like, it's good. He deserves it. <laughs> oh, my God. Goodness. Well, see, then it, it doesn't matter that. No, not Sean. <laughs> no. If somebody was going to steal his money, it might as well have been us. Pulsanella. Scaramouche has hinted at the fact that Pulsanella, while Child thinks is a good friend, is probably trying to take advantage of Child and be like, yeah, your family's mine. So watch the, out. Uh, the Monopoly Man. Yes, the Monopoly Man <laughs> slash uh, Igor from Persona 5. <laughs> yes. That man. But are there any other books you guys want to mention that you think are important to bring up? We got our uh, Treasure Tales. We got our Serpent and Drakes. I think something that we might, we will probably go into on a later date when we film our yokai episode is the new Chronicles of the Six Kitsune, Mm -hmm. which really references the old Chronicles of the Six Kitsune, which is Kind of interesting. It's an adaptation of Urakusai's Chronicles of the Six Kitsune. And it's like a new take and following like the Black Fox, which is the oldest of the six Kitsune who are like the um, attendees of the Mega Shrine Kitsune. But it has some cute little things about yokai talking about the Oni, as well as like just general history of the Grand Narakami Shrine and like Kitsune Saigu. So we have like a little bit more of that. The Hex and the Hound, although I don't think they actually say that. I think it's just Hex and Hound, is references, well, talks about the aristocracy and talks about the Lawrence clan, Mm -hmm. even. So it's a nice little reference back. And there's one book that I think I'd like to believe actually brings us back to our three moon princesses slash sisters, which is the Princess Mina of the Fallen Nation. Mm -hmm. It talks, it sounds so much like it's a part of that story. So if you are, if that, if our episode about the moon princesses slash sisters interests you, I would say definitely read it and see if you also agree that it kind of could be related and could be telling the story of that kind of goes along with that mm-hmm. hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you know what's really cool about that is that it really does seem like Yai Miko is trying to keep history alive. I think it was you, Al, that said earlier that, or Tiff, that, I don't remember which one, one of you brought up earlier that Yai Miko is trying to preserve, like, the history of the gods because one day they're going to be gone and no one's going to remember them. And she's doing a really great job so far with these books. I mean, the fact that there's a book that might allude to the Moon Sisters lore just shows that she's really taking a lot of time and precision to... To make sure that everything is covered as well, even mm-hmm. if it is a light novel. And I find that even more interesting because Yaimiko is hiding real life in light novels while Nahida is hiding real life in children's books. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what Yai knows. And I think, Al, you mentioned earlier that, you know, the Narukami shrine, the tree, the Sakura tree is connected to Soul. So what does Yaimiko know? Like, are her and in cahoots here like well i don't think they're in cahoots i think they have a similar tactic because and this is a theory that i that i started to think from this youtuber named better not be ashikai it's not ashikai i'm sorry hello zen and they talk about what yaimiko's true intentions are and there's like some speculation of like what that could be and kind of like once a goes into the plane of euthymia what is you know yai to do in this long expanse of time of eternity without you know her wife 
<laughs> and I think because we see in the fungi event and several other events that she does interfere with the Fatui. She is playing a lot of mind games and it has a lot of connection with Ayato and possibly a secret network of information. She could be using Yai Publishing House as a way to keep the true history of Tivat alive because novels and children's books and stories can't be touched by Ermensoul because even though yeah. they may lay in fact, they are still fiction. And I think that's the only workaround they know of. I love that. Yeah. I think Yai knows it because as the grand, like the, the shrine maiden of Narukami Shrine, she's directly connected to the sacred Sakura, which is directly connected to the roots of Ermensoul and all the ley lines. Yeah. Because in her character quest, she uses that power of the ley lines, which are memories of dead souls for the yokai to let them pass on to go into Ermensoul. So she has a deeper connection to the history and the workings of Ermensoul than I think we initially thought. Right. And maybe that is what she saw with the cataclysm, that maybe there was something trying to be erased and she she thought, you know, that's not necessarily right. Maybe we can write what the true history is so that it's still alive and still there. That's all wishful thinking until we have more evidence, obviously. But it's also interesting to think because Yaimiko was a young girl when mm -hmm. the cataclysm happened. So just to think of a young Yaimiko who might not have necessarily been as faltered from the world yet. Was she a fox? Yeah, she was a little baby Kitsune. So Kitsune age, you can tell their age by their tails. And I think almost every couple of centuries, you get another tail, which is why Yaimiko only has four. She's not a Tenku, which is like the highest or the oldest and most powerful Kitsune yet, but she will be hopefully soon. But yeah, she was in her little fox form with one or two tails when it happened. Love it. Yeah, she was training underneath uh, Lady Saigu mm -hmm. as a young girl. And, you know, we know that Lady Saigu didn't have a very good fate. Unfortunately, Yai doesn't know that. Yeah. She just knows that Lady Saigu said that she was going on a long journey and she hasn't seen her since. And she kind of wonders like, hey, I wonder how that chick's doing. Wait, Saigu is the one that died in the uh, cataclysm? She went to Conryo and died there. Yeah, she did. She's a dead friend. Lots of dead okay, friends. Okay, so she was, so Yai was around before the cataclysm. Yes. Yeah, she was, a. we just know that she was a young woman. Or a young girl, I think is what they're she referring was to as. In training, for sure. Mm -hmm. She was training to become what she is today. But I just think it's interesting to no, think which of, is like, a badass. you know, a young Yaimiko seeing the effects of the cataclysm and not only how it affected the world, her nation, but also her girlfriend, you know, how it affected A, and deciding, like, I need to fucking do something about this. Because you're right, you know, forbidden knowledge may have been a part of the cataclysm. That could just be history. Like, what is... I mean, it doesn't have to be, like, the secrets of the universe. It could just be, this is what really happened in history, and you're just told that you're not allowed to have it. You can't know it. It also shows that Yai Miko is as smart as the Archons, because Nihita was locked away. So Nihita didn't get to do any of this until recently, but Yai Miko seems to have been doing it for years. So it's interesting to also think that, oh, Yai Miko is as smart as an Archon, too, and as strategic as an Archon. Why isn't she an Archon? She's a, she's a wily fox. Yeah, a wily fox. I think she's smarter than a lot of the Archons. Zhongli. I love Zhongli. Well, yeah. Wow. Bendy. He didn't think to make himself money before he decided to not do his god thing anymore. Well, he didn't know that he was The only smart Archon money. is Nahida. I don't know. I think Venti's smart. Mm, he knows a lot. That's knowing sure. things is not wisdom. He doesn't show it. I think he does that on purpose. I think that Venti is very smart. And I think Tip had the theory a while back that Venti is just seeing so much tragedy in his life that he's just vibing and getting drunk like most people would in his situation. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. I think that if... uh he needed to, he would be just like the Hida. Yeah. I truly do. And I think mm -hmm. he he shows that in the manga with Vanessa. Yeah, I agree with that. Because everything he does with Vanessa is a little goofy, but also very smart. 
He's very mm. strategic. <laughs> so you were asking earlier, like what books, whatever. So th- not books, but Chang the Ninth. Mm-hmm. So we talked about him in our Xing Show episode. And something interesting that I found out researching for this episode was that there was this little girl that might be a ghost called Little Nine. Because Chang is the ninth is big nine and she called him little nine and she like fell into a river and got washed away and she doesn't age and chang did so i would implore listeners to go and look up big nine little nine with chang the ninth that's so sad like do you think it's like his daughter or was it his childhood friend she was his neighbor oh oh like they were besties yeah (gasps) do you think shang the ninth killed her no, oh, no. My god. oh my god Feeny <laughs> why is that the conclusion you went to <laughs> because this is fiction I don't know no she just fell into a river <laughs> do you think that's the little ghost girl we help in Shang Yun's story quest that would be nice because then she'd be close to Shang oh, I don't know does she I'd have to look at her. I don't know. <laughs> Unless he was her murderer and that would be terrible. <laughs> she sucked <laughs> next to him. Chong <laughs> Yun's story quest. You help this little girl spirit. Little girl ghost. Did Ching the Ninth kill her? Did he murder her? <laughs> oh my God, if he actually did. He did okay. not. He did not murder anyone. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this other story by Cheng the Ninth, and it's about Xingqiu. Like, he actually wrote a story about him. Wow, that's, like, petty. No, but it's, like, it's it's a good story. Oh, I'm, like, over here, like, he's being snarky. Yeah. You are so negative today. <laughs> I'm like, what a bitch. What is going on? Damn. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at it, though. <laughs> You know, who also has a slightly bad attitude is Aratani, who is one of the booksellers. He's salty about Chang because wouldn't change his name. And he's his like editor. The last thing I'd actually like to just say about it is the guy publishing house and hopefully is going to come back and be a part of the story again, because in the this novel's amazing competition, the latest winner is actually Ooh. from Sumeru. It's a uh, researcher from Sumeru called Persina. Oh. They won for the saga of Hamaranan. I can't say it. <laughs> I just added in letters. Hamavaran? <laughs> Hamavaran. Okay, Hamavaran. <laughs> rana, 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 rana. It's the R and R. I'm sorry to turn it Stop the madness. But yes, so that and that's actually a book that you can purchase at the store and read as well. But I really hope that that means that, you know, we've seen that Yai has gone over there with the fungus event, as I'll mention. So, you know, hopefully it'll pop up again. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's a lot of interesting things going on with the Yai Publishing House that I don't think we really noticed. That's for sure. That being said. I do think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much to our travelers for coming with us as we unexpectedly left Inazuma to learn more about the Yai Publishing House. (laughs) If you're interested in letting us know what you thought about this week's episode or what you'd like to see in the future, you can message us on Instagram or comment on our posts on Instagram, Tales of Devot Pod, or you can do the same thing on Twitter, Tales of Devot. Travelers can also feel free to send us an email at talesofdevotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think and what you'd like to see in the future. Next week, we are going to fall below the surface as we travel deep into the world of the chasm. Otherwise, travelers, safe journeys. We'll see you next time. Bye, book nerds. (laughs) 